What's happening, Far Far Away family? We are back for the sixth season of Sway, or Star Wars in 10. And we got some exciting news for everyone. First, after a long and bullstuff legal battle, we got the rights back to use Star Wars audio archive. So everything is going back to the way it was. And after a lot of deliberation from the team, we have decided to go back to once a week. But that doesn't mean we are giving up on Star Wars in 10. Initially, it was gonna be a 10 minute YouTube show about news and rumors. You know, everything that's happening in the Star Wars fandom. But when the whole thing happened with the other network, we decided to use it for the podcast. But now that we got the original name back, the name that people came to know and trust, we are changing it back to what it was when we started. Plus, after we looked at the stats for the show, it showed that people liked the old way better. I know the email says something totally different, but I think a lot of that had to do with people telling us what they thought we wanted to hear because of the giveaways and all that stuff. Even though we told everyone to be honest, some people just don't have it in their heart to say bad things. And we appreciate that people don't want to hurt our feelings, but we'd rather hear the truth than something that isn't sincere. So with all of that being said, everything is going back to the way it was. And you will be getting Star Wars in 10 too. It will be a news and rumor show that will be on YouTube and maybe on all the audio platforms as well. We will keep you informed to when that will be released. It will be soon. We are just working out all the bugs and getting everything figured out. Now let's talk about the latest story we're going to be covering. And after a lot of back and forth, we decided to go with Star Wars Brotherhood. One, because we really liked the story and we have been covering a lot of the Old Republic Legends stories. We thought this time around we would jump into something newer. This doesn't mean next season we won't go back to those type of stories. We just wanted to do something new. And we thought that this story would be a great way to do it. Now this story was written by Mike Chin and it will be read to you by a good friend of mine, Jason Odega. Sound design will be covered by the brilliant Theodore Thompson. And real quick, I wanna thank both of them for their hard work. They did everything in a month to get this ready. And I know it was a difficult task to get it done in a month, but they put the pedal to the metal and worked out a miracle to get it done. So thanks to the both of you for all the hard work. Now it's my turn to make this something that all of you, our wonderful listeners, can enjoy. So let's get started. But first, we got to drop the original intro. We would be honored if you would join us. The Clone Wars have erupted. Caught off guard by the quickly expanding conflict, the overwhelmed Jedi Order has rushed the advancement of Padawans to better integrate into the Grand Army of the Republic and assist the war effort. Newly promoted Jedi Knight, Anakin Skywalker, is increasingly torn between his growing duties to the Republic and his secret marriage to Senator Padme Amidala of Naboo. With his knighting, his mentor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, has been elevated to the Jedi Council under the rank of Jedi Master. As dark forces push the Jedi further toward their transformation from guardians to soldiers, Anakin and Obi-Wan find themselves on equal footing, yet opposing paths each pondering the meaning of peace and justice during a time of war. Okay, so the way Mike starts this story is just phenomenal. How he explains every detail that is going on is superb. Obi-Wan has just became a master. Anakin is trying to live a double life. But because of the war, he has been pushed up to Jedi Knight, which explains a lot. 
I was always a little confused. I thought he was still a Padawan in the animated series. And then he got Ahsoka as a Padawan, and I didn't understand how that worked. A Padawan can't train a Padawan, but now it is explained. He got buffed up tonight because of the war, so he can have a Padawan. Anyway, Mike does a great job of drawing us in, giving us the details to kickstart our imaginations. Rogue Quornum. Ketone Moidia was a world of mist. High above that mist, cliffs and branches poked through, carved at all angles into immense mountainous spires. The thick stone of the planet's largest rock arches and peaks loomed, casting shadows in a seemingly infinite stretch before being absorbed into the dense vapor below. Between, over, and on top of these natural wonders hung gilded cities with ornate towers and reflective sidings, structures suspended as bridges between massive, colossal ridges. But Cato Neimordia did have something beneath all of that, a foundational lair at the base of the thick fog. On normal days, taking the journey from Ketone Moidia's bridge cities to the surface meant a gradual descent into an ever-thickening blanket of white. Today, however, was not a normal day. Because today, something had gone terribly wrong. And the lower the shuttle flew, the more the milky hue of the mist darkened as harsh streams of blackened ash mixed in. Rube Bornum had seen destruction all her life. As an elite commando of the Neimoidian Defense Legion, she dealt with explosives and blaster fire, rockets and shrapnel. And death. So much death. Most of it by her own doing, courtesy of the custom sniper rifle that felt like an extension of her own limbs. Murder and destruction. That was her life for so many years, doing the will of her government to carve out a better place for Neimoidians in the galaxy. Even now, in her new assignment as a royal guard for Cato Neimoidia's capital city of Zara, her goal remained the same, the protection of her people. Rook had taken the assignment in good faith even though she knew it had been for questioning the judgment of the Trade Federation, a perspective considered dissent by those who held much more sway than a military grunt. Such good faith was being challenged right now, in a time when the galaxy dared to rip itself in two. Look at that, said the voice of her young partner next to her. Kitar Nor's mouth opened, holding a thought in limbo as a thick, dull gray began to envelop their craft, visibility coming and going from the cockpit of their patrol ship. It's worse than I imagined. A steady hand and open eyes. That was the only way to approach this. Not only for the flight to the surface, but to understand just what had occurred and why. The call for all available security to go beneath the mist came so fast that Rube piloted their craft on a direct downward path, leaving the port of a neighboring city and abandoning a scheduled prisoner transfer to plunge through the mist. They hadn't even been informed of what they were investigating, just that an emergency so catastrophic had occurred that everyone within a 200-kilometer radius was requested, no, ordered, 
to drop their tasks and go. Details filled in over comm chatter. A bomb. No. Several bombs. A building collapsed. No. An entire plaza. No. Despite the speculation on the comms, the reality of the situation became clearer with each passing second. And it was far beyond what anyone could have ever guessed. An entire portion of the bridge city, the neighborhood known as Katasura. Blocks and streets of Neimodian civilization severed within an instant. The structural supports that fastened the district to the rest of Zara evaporated in a blink. All those people, all that life, dropped straight downward through the mist of Cato Neimodia to a sudden violent fate. Dirt and rock mashing into alloys and flesh. But why? Cato Neimodia is neutral, Rug thought. Despite the recent chaos of Geonosis, despite the use of Trade Federation battle droids, the war stayed an arm's length away. Viceroy Newt Gunray led a splinter faction to ally with the Confederacy of Independent Systems. The Trade Federation proper was free from the influence of Count Dooku and his separatist ideals. Senator Lot Dodd made sure of that with his place within the heart of Republic politics. But here on the surface, Rook's eyes told her everything she needed to know. The twisted shrapnel of once elegant structures now reduced to cracked and broken material, scattered into countless pieces. As the shuttle approached, the devastation amplified with each passing second. What appeared as a lump of rubble gradually formed into the jagged debris of buildings and bridges. Closer still, as Rube maneuvered the craft for a flat place to land, details came to life. Not just the destruction of structures, but within the fallen wreckage, bodies. So many bodies of so many ages from so many walks of life. Bodies bent into impossible positions, thrown into places they shouldn't have been due to the chaos of gravity, pulling an entire district to the surface. And through it all, so much smoke, the massive plume of gray from above breaking down into individual currents of black the farther down they went, streams feeding a river of death. We love bringing you more Star Wars, and it is because of our partners that we can do this week after week. So we invite you to be one of those partners. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help us keep this going. Your support will give us the ability to create future episodes, as well as provide you with the best sounding show on your playlist. And to express our appreciation, we will give you a shout out on our mid-series show that we do in the middle of every book. You will also be automatically entered in all future giveaways. All you have to do is go to the show notes and click that listener support link. Now let's get back to the show. Rogue stepped out, flecks of ash landing on her dark green skin. And even amid the cool air of the planet's base, heat poked through in every direction from the endless fires entwining in and through and over what used to be mighty structures. Who? Kitar started, swiveling his view all around. He blinked as he took in the horrific possibilities, his mouth open. 
How? Rude had seen Ketar driven by emotions on the job before. Sometimes anger and sometimes fear. Fear that he tried to hide. But she knew better. It came with an incense. The type that only shattered after killing someone. For better or worse, such actions calloused over fear. Layers thickening with each successive murder. Yet the frozen expression on his face right now displayed his mix of emotions clearly. A grief stemming from a deeper well than he'd ever let on. Steady, Kitar, she said, moving next to him. From a mound of rubble above, arms waved, along with a cry that someone had been found alive. They need our help. The Republic. Kitar growled, his long fingers bending into a single shaking grip. The Republic did this. They're blaming us for new Gunray. We don't know that. And right now, it doesn't matter. Which was wrong, of course. The culprit behind this did matter, and whoever they were, they needed to be brought to justice. But there was a time and place for retribution. Focus. They called us here to help people. That's what we need to do. Though Kitar faced the team screaming for help from the top of the rubble, their pleas seemed invisible to him. Instead, he stared blankly ahead, like everything was a hologram glitching in and out. But it wasn't. This was real. Any doubt erased by the harsh, burning odors entering her smell glands beneath her eyes. Kitar, Rug said quietly. You're right, he said, suddenly nodding. His demeanor shifted. His catatonia abruptly swapped for a moment with a very swift and direct purpose. The young guard grabbed his bag of medical supplies and ran off, as if a single person with a small case of Bacta and Sinflesh might make a difference. Kitar's youth carried an expected naivete, an earnest desire to do right by his people. Rube knew better. An individual had limitations, no matter how dedicated they were. She pulled out a small metallic circle, then clicked a button to generate a holographic map of the region. Around her, other transports landed. Medical personnel, security officers, government officials, and people who simply wanted to help. So many of Rook's fellow Neimoidians zigged and zagged. Some lifting up debris, some screaming into comms for help, and some pacing head buried in hands. Droids of all sizes soared. A mix of small surveillance units flying in between larger rescue droids that dropped extinguishing chemicals fire by fire. No matter which direction she turned, her vision filled with devastation, all on a far greater scale than she could ever remember. She understood Kitar's urge to dash off with Bacta. The feeling that one person might be able to somehow fix all of this. In a way, Kitar was right. They had to start somewhere. Because even though Cato Neimoidia was neutral, it had been gravely wounded. And someone had to pay. 
But who? Well, this story starts off with the bombing of Katasura, the capital city of Kato Naimori. But it zeroes in on a specific character. Actually, the part starts off with the name of that person we are talking about. Most of the parts in this story start like that. But the person that is described in this part, Rue Cornum, a Nymordian female soldier who served as a part of the Nymordian Defense League, then later the Nymordian Royal Guard during the Clone Wars. She worked alongside her fellow guardsman, Kedinar, and there isn't much information on this character, but we do know that he blames the Republic for the bombing because of new gun rays alliance to the Separatists, something that we've seen in the Battle of Naboo. But Nymordia as a planet was neutral and had nothing to do with the conflict plaguing the galaxy. So why is he blaming the Republic right off the bat? We will have to get farther along in the story to find out. But they are sent to investigate what is going on and give aid to those who need help after this bombing. And I thought that this whole part was good. It showed us what was going on in the start of the Clone Wars, a piece of time that wasn't really covered in the animated series. He had just jumped right into the middle of the conflict, and by the time Revenge of the Sith came out, we were at the end. So hopefully this story will shed some light on that whole situation. Okay, before we get to the quote of this week, I wanted to let everyone know what's going on with my health. The doctors have confirmed that I have multiple sclerosis. And for those who don't know, multiple sclerosis is an autoimmune disease that attacks the nervous system. So basically, my own body is attacking itself. But it is causing all kinds of problems. From my neck down, it feels like my funny bone has been hit real hard. I'm always tired and suffering from fatigue. And my memory is just shot. So far, it hasn't messed with my ability to move and talk. As long as I can talk, I will be talking about Star Wars. I have good days and bad days. And so far, the good outweighs the bad. But I go to the neurologist this Wednesday, so I will keep you informed on what they say. This is another reason that we thought going back to once a week would be better. Take some of the stress off of me. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, let's get to the quote of this week. And it comes to us from Dale Carnegie. And he says, successful people will profit from their mistakes and try again a different way. There are so many missed opportunities because something didn't work and someone just gave up. Failure is one of those things that can give opportunity to another. Some of my best ideas have come from something failed. It gives you a moment to reflect on what went wrong, and most of the time it will spark a different idea. You might find the answer to a problem that many have. Now you have your next business idea, market and sell the solution to that problem. See, there are never mistakes in success. There are only learning opportunities. There's never truly failure, only opportunities to learn what not to do. And if you keep on learning, sooner or later you will find the path to success. Okay, so that's all that we have for this episode. Join us one week from today for the next part of the story. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Sway. Join us next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can find us and subscribe on your favorite podcast directory. If you enjoyed the show, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Sway was created by Keen Eye Shit and is a production of Pick Film Media. This show was produced by Quentin McDaniel, sound designed by Theodore Thompson. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.